I've seen people who have harmed themselves, done self-harm, because they were unable to separate themselves from their business. They were too aligned to their business. They were too married to their business. It was their baby, and it meant everything to them. No, you are separate to your business. Hi there, you're very welcome back to All In Business, your weekly business show here on Joe, backed by AIB. Well, we're all still on lockdown, obviously, and what better time to consider upskilling. Whether you're a business thinking maybe this is the right time to pivot or an employee looking to future-proof yourself for when things go back to normal, we'll be talking about the best way to take a creative approach to your career during COVID. And to do that, we're joined by Jane Downs, author of the career book and founder of Clearview Coaching Group and Morgan Cummins, director at Talent Hub. Then later on, we'll speak to Porik Okadig, founder of Air Iron Express and Aer Lingus Regional, who's been through his fair share of business crises over the years. He's also been nominated for World Entrepreneur of the Year twice, so he knows what he's talking about. Stay with us for his insight. Before all that, though, don't forget to hit subscribe to get the full show each week on podcast and on YouTube so that you never miss an episode. Joe presents All In. Together, with AIB, backing Irish business. Jane and Morgan, thank you so much for being with us this morning. I want to start by asking you both, for anyone considering a move or considering uh, trying to upskill at the moment, what's the best place to start and what should they be considering? Morgan, do you want to go first there? Yes, I will. And uh, good morning, Yvonne. Good morning, Jane. Good morning. Um, Great to talk to you and uh, what a beautiful morning to to be recording as well. Um, for me, the first place to start is actually with your own attitude. Um, the one thing that we can uh, control at the moment through this um, very unprecedented time is simply our attitude. Um, and what I would see a lot when people come to me, even before the, something like this happens, is that if they don't have the right attitude to um, looking for that next job, it's going to prove much harder. So for me, the first thing to do is, is think about your attitude. And then from there, um, and later today, I'd love to get into building out how you can put just simply one to two hours a day, every day towards, towards finding that job. And I'll show you a strategy and how, how you can build a strategy around that. What about yourself, Jane? Yes, I think, look, now is the time to reflect. And I think what we do need to do, you know, we know this coronavirus is a horror and lives are being threatened and lives are being lost every day. And I don't for one minute want to underplay that but I do see this as an opportunity almost like a hiatus to take a little bit of time out to reflect first of all on your career what it's about for you now right now what you want it to be um, but also to boost your skills and there's a huge array of online platforms and learning platforms offering free courses and for those of you at home who may also have children I'm very aware of that this does not mean you're signing up for an MBA or anything like that there is short concise courses that can build out your skills range for when the rebound happens so it, it, it'll help build your CV build your credibility and more than anything build your confidence and your skills transfer. And Jane, are there any online rec uh, online resources in particular that you would recommend? 
Yes, I recommend a suite of online resources and I particularly like the free courses too because clearly at a time like this people want to conserve um, any sort of financial pot they may have if they have one of course. Um, look, we have Coursera, we have Udemy, we have Allison which is a learning platform with free resources there in terms of learning but again we do need to figure out what we're trying to upskill in. So there's there's larger pieces around our particular industry or our, our knowledge um, that we need to upskill in and then there's courses that are called plugging courses that allow us a toolkit to be even better at what we do, whether that's project management or digital marketing or advanced Excel um, or leadership development. Management development is very much on the agenda right now for everybody because there's such change happening. We need to be agile as leaders and managers. Uh, and Morgan, I wanted to ask you, in terms of the different types of, of upskilling people might want to do, people might be torn between, uh, you know, finding their way around the crypto space, learning a new language, uh, or just improving existing skills that they already have. How can they figure out what's the best move for them and what's the best use of their time right now? Yeah, well, this actually reminds me of where I was in my own career five years ago, um, I got very disillusioned with uh, advertising, which I'd worked in for 18 years. Um, so the first thing I did was identify the top three skills that I had and see then what those skills were in terms of one of them was dealing with people and wh- where I could utilize that elsewhere. I think something, as, as Jane said, you don't have to start going looking at doing a whole MBA now. If anything, I would recommend the opposite and, and even concentrating on what we call is is developing a kind of keystone skill that you can then take further. Um, Another thing which I think is really, really wise thing to do is within your own industry, look and see where there is a real pain point, a a problem that's happening right now and learn about that. And again, I suppose bringing it back to, and and I suppose the big caveat with all of this is that what we're, what we're both recommending here is it could be a big change in habit for you as well. And as as it's been proven, habits don't don't form over three weeks, as as modern literature says. It's actually sixty six days. So I think you need to be actually compassionate to yourself as well, and maybe start with even thirty minutes a day, but then build that up and maybe just commit to that a couple of times a week. Firstly, but I think actually for me it's definitely starting and looking at your own core skill set and you can just ask your partner you can ask your co your colleagues now the one thing we all have now is a lot more time but i think focus and working on what what you have and then developing that so, so you're a better version of yourself in two to three months time okay good advice there um Jane, I wanted to come back to you for a second and yeah. ask you um you know some people are facing particularly hard times right now, maybe pay cuts, uh, maybe redundancy or maybe the closure of of the business altogether. Uh, I know a lot of people might be taking this personally at the moment, even though it's quite literally out of their hands. How do you think people can step back and and, and stop internalizing this? Yes, and this is about also what Morgan said earlier about, you know, managing your attitude to this. Look, these are unprecedented times. We know this. We're hearing this every hour of the day in the news. Um, Please, 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 for anybody listening or watching today, this is not something to be taking personally. Um, This is just a sign of the times right now. And as, as opposed to putting 
all this energy into your emotion around taking it personally. I would much, much rather that you put this time and energy into to looking at what you're in control of here now, which is upskilling, which is figuring out, you know, what you can do here to move your career on for when the rebound happens and and looking at that skills fair skills transfer because you are your skills at the end of the day. Obviously, personality hugely comes into it too. But um, we need to be good to ourselves. Morgan is completely right. We need to be good to ourselves, but we also need to try not to use this downtime to move into this sort of negative self-pity place as easy as it is to go there. And I saw this and worked very hard on this area in the, in the recessionary times in the past. And it was the people who used their career as a project and saw it as a project and adapted and responded to market conditions uh, who were the ones who actually moved forward and had success and I do believe the same applies here again. And uh, you know some some good tips there in terms of uh, self-care just a question for both of you other than upskilling other than maybe considering a pivot generally what are some other things people can do right now to self-care business-wise and career-wise? Um I think we've never had so much time now to to actually invest in what's most important. If, if like me, I have three kids, so so it's being really mindful and being really present with your kids. I I, I know I was guilty of that four weeks ago when we first moved into um, this lockdown mode, where I kind of squirreled my way, myself away up in my son's bedroom, where I'm sitting now again this morning. And I was very kind of strict. I actually became too strict on myself in terms of, of trying to get everything done. So, so I was lucky. I've ha- I have a habit of mindfulness practice for the, the last five years, but it's allowed me now to to spend proper time on things like mindfulness. I've always wanted to learn yoga. Um, so again, it's something. But I think the important thing with an activity like yoga or or exercises, I I, I now do that with my wife and actually. It's those little micro moments at three times a week when we do it has um, be, has become something we both look forward to. And again, to Jane's point, absolutely, you should you should take this as an opportunity to to make it your own personal project of, of finding a job. But at the same time, you've got to be, be kind to yourself and you've got to give those moments of going for walks together or are simply one of the best pieces of advice I was given is get loads of vitamin nature and get out for, for, for some walks. That's not banned yet. We're allowed to walk, which is a great thing. So yes. clearly air is, is vital. Um, I think anything you can do to benefit for those who maybe are have been commuting to their work, they've gained back two hours a day. I see it for my own husband. Um, and if we can use that time to benefit ourselves in the form of air or yoga or mindfulness or good old Joe Wicks in the UK, um, which my children are making me do every morning and um, before I start my day's work, these are things that are feeding us and fueling us. Um, what I would say is from a career perspective, we need to get inspired and get informed because this gives us a sense of well-being when we're researching and exploring our next step career options. And also for those at home who are on three-day weeks or just wanting a change and, and their mindset has changed because of what's happened here in the world. Um, it's allocating time to getting inspired because through getting inspired, then we get informed and then we can move when the time comes to allow us to move. 
And a lot of people maybe who've been through this already, so uh, sort of um, with with the 08 recession. Yes. Do either of you have any maybe uh, uplifting, positive success stories of people who pivoted or, or took the time to upskill then and what came of it? Um, if I may, uh, uh, um, I, my own personal story, which I alluded to earlier, Yvonne, is, is probably the, the, the best one I can tell because... I was faced with a situation five years ago where, where literally, um, I, I was, I was dreading going into work every day, and um, I, uh, lots of factors, and I think that recession was a big thing. But our industry in advertising had had lost half its value in terms of its hourly rates. The, the pressures we were under to deliver were the same, but we had to do it for, for half the cost, basically. Um, I seriously thought at that time maybe I was better off just giving up advertising and becoming and just taking any job but but then sort of the light bulb moment was when actually my kids were waking me up so early on saturday mornings that i that i then started to watch some great thought leaders around finding purpose in work the likes of simon senek um and really sort of built on that uh, on a on a sort of daily basis of 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 trying to find what where I could add value elsewhere. As I said earlier, when I realized that I, I three core skills of, of being good with people, listening and making things happen. And something Jane alluded to earlier, earlier there was basically finding industries that could, those skills could be used really well. And that led me into recruitment five years ago. Um, and two weeks just before the, the, uh, the the virus hit. Um, I set up a second business, which is um, in the uh, executive coaching space. If you had said that to me five years ago that I was going to be working in in a job that I absolutely loved, I would have actually thought you were crazy. Mm-hmm. Great, great personal. I love uh, success stories generally, but the the more personal ones are the better. So we couldn't have asked for a better example, Morgan. Yeah. Thank you. Thank what you. about you, Jane? I'm sure you've come across. Yes. A lot of Absolutely. similar stories. Um, and at Clearview Coaching Group, we were very much involved over the years in sort of boutique ed placement uh, support for, for organisations who, who are um, making redundancies. We've seen huge change in people. We've seen people move from banking into multinationals. We've seen people move from being um, uh, marketeers into yoga teachers. We've seen it all. Um, I've had the joy of seeing that. But the most important point in all of this is that there is a common denominator when it comes to the person who can make that, that successful change and that is about mindset and showing up to make this happen and allocating time to it so so that is what's key here um, managing your mindset celebrating successes along the way where you can keeping sane looking after yourself but doing the nitty-gritty application of this which is job research market research industry research rolling in research and upskilling otherwise none of this will happen as I'm sure Morgan would agree with me on and what about people who may be watching or listening to this thinking, um, you know, this is a lovely idea, but I personally don't have time for upskilling. I'm too busy um, yeah. making really tough choices like, yeah. you know, uh, winding down the business or letting people go. I hear you. How would you recommend they uh, focus on themselves as well as getting through that? 
Yes, and you know it can it may also set a bit nauseating for them to be listening to this, and they may say that look, we're deluded. You know, this is a luxury that this person cannot afford right now. But actually, more than now than ever, I would argue that this is the time that that person needs to allocate some time to this, whatever time they have available to them, and to make the sacrifice because sacrifice is a dirty word. I've talked about this for a long time, but we need to make sacrifice at times, and certainly at a time like this, um, because at the end of the day, we want people to move forward in as best they can with the situation we have. And okay. just to come in on that, Yvonne, sure. uh, there, there was a great saying, um, uh, it's, it's quite a common saying, but there's very few people beyond the extra mile. Mm. You know, when you, someone gives you that service and you go, they went over and above and they went beyond the extra miles to deliver that. It's mm. going back to exactly what Jane said around mindset and attitude. You, you've, at the moment, that's the one decision you can decide to do. You can either watch lots of Netflix or, or decide to say, I'm going to put, a, put aside an hour, just an hour a day to looking for a job. So if you roll that forward to three to six months time and, and I'm interviewing you and I ask you, so what did you spend your time with? And I, I get a blank silence and, and, and you clearly know that they didn't invest in themselves versus someone that might come back and say, well, I actually taught myself to code with my kids. Or, you know, there was this public speaking Toastmasters that I, I was always really curious about and they took it online straight away. And, and this is going to be the massive shift that we're going to see in hiring. Um, because in our business, we're still hiring at the moment for, for certain industries and certain clients. But what people are going to start really hiring for is things like values, is things like attitude, and then it will be skills and abilities. So, so I know it's really tough time and we're, we're all going through this together. But the one thing you can make a decision on is if you're going to invest even an hour a day in yourself. Morgan, do you think that will become part of uh, the lexicon in in things like hiring and job interviews, etc. Um, are we likely to be facing what did you do during COVID as a legitimate question for, for the foreseeable future? Absolutely. I mean, um, we've never, ever been given um, the, the one commodity we were also scarce with, which, which was our time. Um, and if you think about that, this means that there's so many people around you who are who are also time rich who you could be going to 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 ask to be your mentor or you're an accountability partner so again if you if you bring that forward when we're when we're th- when we will get through this so so when we are through this you will be able to talk to those things that you did and include them on your cv just a, a, an industry example um, i have of one of the largest retailers i i lucky enough to work with their ingoing global ceo and I asked him about a year ago why he took that job. He was leaving the pharmaceutical industry to go into what I thought was a really, really difficult retail business. And he said, because the leadership team and, and the board in there were, were really, really caring about the, the values of, of the company and, and their behaviors. That retailer three weeks ago was the first retailer to give all their staff a 10% increase in, in terms of bonus for, for the work that they're doing. So if you play that through going forward over the next three to six months and how we're, we're also having our own resets right now as well, I, I, I really do see changes in hiring decisions coming down the track, both based from the employer side and the employee side on, on, on how people behave during this crisis. 
And I think more now than ever, we're going to we're going to see a need for agility, um, individuals being able to be agile, to be able to adapt and respond as as this emerges and continues. You know, this is not going to change overnight. You know, we're certainly not going to be back to our normal times overnight. So from an interviewing perspective, if you can show that you are agile enough to take ownership and be self-directed and manage your own career as your career manager, to take on programs and courses to self-develop yourself, that shows that you can be agile and adapt. So there's a behavior there that we're seeing um, and we can talk through that at interview and ask you questions around that and you can display that um, so it's a win-win you're building skills and confidence but you're also showing that you can adapt and respond well let's explore that Jane uh, upskilling interpersonal skills I suppose yes. for, for managers what about things like remote influencing and changing yeah. their management style over the next while Absolutely. So remote leadership is hugely being called into play now. We've just launched a remote leadership program for for, um, individual managers to gain a toolkit, I suppose, to assist them on the job because this has been forced among people. So I'm sure managers and leaders are finding resistance to uh, remote working and some some are loving it. You know, if there's very tight, you know, I suppose, in-office cultures that that existed in organisations and suddenly they find themselves in a situation where people are working remotely, it is the job of the leader to manage that we're also managing powerful emotions at the moment and worries so it's trying to find tools to allow you to check in regularly with your team um, to not move into this role of controller leader I suppose as I call it or therapist leader we have to be careful because then a dependency is set up. What we want is to be a leader who nurtures people remotely, um, coaches them, asks appropriate questions, runs really effective virtual meetings by ensuring that actions are met and people are listened to. Um, that allows for one-to-one check-in time too to check that somebody's doing okay because we all have things going on at home at the moment. We cannot take for granted that somebody may not have a relation who's ill in hospital right now. So there's so many parameters to this. But as a leader, it is up to you to to get comfortable and as quick as possible with this move to remote leadership. So any tools you can gain to allow you to be effective in that space is only but going to help you. Um, And I would believe that deploying a a coaching style can really help with your ability to coach remotely and to develop people and engage for performance. Okay, and I'll throw to you on that now, Morgan. Um, uh, yeah. You know, you ha- you've got one, you're a director at one business and you've just started another. So um, you must be under, under pressure management-wise and leadership-wise yourself right now. No, absolutely. And, uh, and to, to Jane's point, the, the, the critical thing now is leaders have to show empathy. And you have to start, as a good leader, you actually have to start with yourself. And back to what I was saying initially, how I was just in complete delivery mode and and when you can step out of that your empathy has to go to your team and then I would bring that back to really sharpening your curiosity and your listening skills because we're now communicating virtually over glass we we don't have the the sensories that that the, the body language the um, the, the the little sort of nuggets of wisdom that that we get from from really good deep listening when we're in a room with someone. So for me, it's actually and, and the best thing is all of these skills get, can be developed. We're, we're not born with no empathy. We're not born with no listening skills. But now we have to put put the the, the time into that. One of the the quick things. There's eleven of us in our business. One of the immediate things we did as as a leadership team was a. Uh, set up daily calls as a leadership team 
and then followed by our, our check-in calls. We do two weekly calls with their team. I'm actually had to move to today's call to, to later this morning to do that and then follow that up individually. Um, there's three of us that, that sit on the, on the leadership team that are in the business. And again, we, were, we all had different people reporting into us, but the most important thing was to have daily check-ins, not just through Slack and channels like that, through face-to-face uh, communication like this. Mm-hmm. And it, because it's only then that, that, that you'll understand what, what other people are, are going through. And, and I suppose the really exciting and, and, and rewarding part was we've now seen where natural leaders on our team have just shown up. They, they've they've literally shown up and 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 I think it's 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 then having the ability to nurture that and it goes back to our point on on what you as a as a candidate are going to do through this it's the behaviors that that will come that if they do bubble up they will get noticed when 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 you're interviewing in, in maybe three months time I think that's a nice place to leave it. Sometimes you don't need to upskill. Sometimes the skills show up. Um, yes. Jane and Morgan, thank you so much for being with us. Lots of valuable so tips much. there. And uh, look, listen, stay safe during COVID and we'll all come out the other side and talk to you then. We will too. Thanks, thank you Yvonne. so much. Bye-bye. It was an absolute Bye-bye. pleasure. Have a great day, guys. Take care, Thanks. Jane. Bye-bye. 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 Joe presents All In, together with AIB, backing Irish business. My next guest knows all about the highs and lows of business and not just because he runs airlines. Porik Okadik has weathered his fair share of storms over the years and joins us now to talk about resilience and better days ahead. So Porik, you have seen your fair share of business crises over the years and we'd love to get your insight into this particular crisis, the COVID crisis, and what do you think the biggest challenge is for Irish businesses at the moment? Uh, well, there are a number of challenges, Yvonne. Uh, the main one is, as people talk about, is liquidity. In other words, having enough cash to uh, keep going and to see out this enormous storm uh, so that they can, companies can survive. If they can survive, particularly SMEs, small and medium-sized businesses, if they can survive, then they have a chance of growing. But if they cannot survive through this tsunami that's happening all over the world, well, then they're, they're gone. And it's it's extremely difficult for them to come back. And in terms of your own um, your own business history, Porik, I mean, you've you've weathered out the storm of nine uh, eleven, um, the Icelandic uh, volcanic ash crisis, the two thousand and eight recession, and the first two there in particular. I mean, for a person in the the airline industry, those two were very specific, particular disasters uh, for you and for the industry. Um, I'd imagine you've learned a thing or two about resilience yourself over the years going through those crises. Yeah, I suppose I have, Yvonne. Uh, The bottom line, probably the most important thing about resilience is never give up. Just keep going, keep going, keep going. You may be on your last breath, but keep breathing and keep pushing. And, And that's where liquidity is really important. And it's extremely important from my experience, that you actually um, put together an emergency plan. Now, I'll be honest with you, pretty quickly, within a couple of weeks, you need to put together another emergency plan, uh, but you just keep going. Um, the other thing is to have really good people around you. And uh, people often say it's it's only an emergency to really know who your real friends are, you know. Um, and 
for me, there are some industries, Yvonne, that are a lot more damaged as a result of a recession than others. Uh, unfortunately, usually aviation is in the front line of that. In, in all recessions, you have people not doing as much traveling and uh, your fares plummet. So it's, it's, it's normally one of the first industries that gets, that gets hit and that gets damaged. Um, sorry, Yvonne. No, I was just going to say, I suppose, um, you know, that's a good point that you make. Um, I suppose the thing about the COVID crisis is that there are now so many industries on the front line and all at once um, and so unexpectedly. I'm wondering what your advice would be for maybe someone who um, is struggling at the moment, is determined to, to keep going and keep breathing, as you say, but maybe is floundering just at the unexpected nature of all this and would quite happily put in the work to put together an emergency plan but doesn't really know where to start. Okay. Uh, the bottom line in the emergency plan is actually cash flow. To have enough liquidity and enough cash flow uh, just to keep going. Now, if it means you've got to close the doors of your business, but to have a cash flow balance in your bank so that you've got that money to kickstart you again when all of this is over. Because one thing is certain, as night follows day, this is going to go. This is going to clear up. We're going to get a vaccine. We're going to clear up and we're going to move on from there. So you just do your best to be in position to actually kickstart your business again. So what that means, thankfully, the government have introduced uh, emergency measures to support employees. Uh, I know an awful lot of SMEs are doing everything they can to support their employees. And uh, that's really laudable of them. So that's one thing. The next thing they've got to do then is saying, OK, we cannot take any orders. We're getting no income, so we cannot have any expenditure. And we just lock down, put our business to sleep, as it were, as just coined the phrase from the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar. And cut out all expenditure you can. Like I would be asking for uh, uh, AIR and, and all of the other national providers to say, okay, we're going to put a stay on business bills at the moment. We're not going to charge you for water, any, any of those expenses at the moment, because we know what it's like. And we want you people, you women and you men to kickstart your business again, but you need to have the cash to do that. And uh, going into examinership, Porik, um, you know, there obviously there'd be logistical and practical worries um, in taking that step. But there'd also, I'd imagine, be a huge amount of stress involved in that. Yeah, we went into examinership back in 2010. And uh, basically, for me, what examinership meant was we had a really good business, we had amazing staff, but because of a number of factors, the recession, and the volcanic ash uh, in Iceland, as you mentioned earlier, Yvonne, those threw our business model totally out of kilter. And we were not able to continue to pay some of the creditors in the same fashion. And also, I must say, some of the creditors did not give us any latitude, did not cut any slack for us. So we had no option but to put the company into examinership. Basically, the judge looks at the business and decides that, yeah, this is a good business. But for this factor that happened that's outside of the control of the business, it's not able to meet all its debts now. So it actually gives you breathing space to actually move on and survive. And, and I am sure that quite a number of SMEs, small and medium-sized businesses, will consider examinership over the coming weeks and months. And yeah, it's definitely an option. Don't fear it. Don't fear it. If you need to keep that business going, you may end up not owning the business or owning a smaller part of it, 
but at least your business is a good chance to survive it. And when you look back at those times that you've been through yourself, um, 9-11 and the, the Icelandic uh, volcanic ash crisis, Pork, um, you know, what stands out to you in terms of memories or, or milestones from the time and how did you get through it? Um, yeah, there, there are two parts to it, uh, Yvonne. The main part, quite frankly, was a personal part. I felt there for a while that, look, at, I'm a failure. Uh, I'm... Uh, I, I, we're not going to get through this. Uh, what did I do wrong? And I started blaming myself. And I started to some degree feeling sorry for myself, to some degree. And then I quickly decided, hold on a minute, Porik, you've got two choices here. You can stay in the gutter and start feeling sorry for yourself, or you can pick yourself up and say, okay, what am I made of now? This is a new challenge and a different challenge for me. So which one of those two kind of people are you? And I decided I'm the second one. And I decided I'm going to continue to give it the best shot I can in every way I can. And that's the biggest part of it, Yvonne, I think going through a recession and going through a situation like this for everybody. Um, the second part is got to do with the the business and the people around you. and. People often say, and it's all true, you have a small number of really good friends. Normally, you can count them just with five fingers on one hand. And that's your, that's your secure base or that's your safe harbor. So when everything else is going in the wrong direction, you have one or two or three of those people who kind of pull you back up and say, hold on a second, and show you the big picture because you're swamped into it. And those people are critically, critically important. So, Yvonne, it's all about people. It's about yourself. And it's about that secure base that's around you to help you get through times like this. Also, Yvonne, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I thought I used to mentor some um, uh, international rugby players and, and, and Olympic athletes just on a voluntary basis. I'm so proud of what those people do in sport. And I thought to myself, those people lose more games than what they win and yet they pick themselves up and they move on and every game is a different game every day has a new dawn so you'd say what can i do today what one little thing can i do today that's going to actually make it better than what it was yesterday yeah good very some good and very positive um advice there pork and i'm sure a lot of people watching and listening will be um Quite happy to hear kind of such a positive message from from someone like yourself. Um, we had um, another um, proud Galwegian on last week, uh, another Spittleman, Porik O'Grealish, who um, he's turned his distillery into an alcohol hand sanitizer manufacturing company, uh, pivoting in times like this to make a difference and, and to keep himself afloat as well, of course. And I was... I was impressed by his um, his ingenuity and I suppose his creativity and thinking outside the box, um, thinking of new ways of doing things. Um, I'm wondering what you think about different ways to think outside the box and different ways of coming up with creative solutions for people to keep themselves going in these times. Uh, yeah, innovation is absolutely critical. And um, if I may, just I'll just talk about business for, for, for a minute, Yvonne. Um, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you two examples just from my own experience. Um, one is uh, 
my eldest daughter was was doing the leave insert and uh, they they used to connect an awful lot at that time by by text messages and we had an issue in uh, Air Iron at the time because we had difficulty connecting with with passengers particularly if they're delayed flights and that so uh, I was talking to Emer one day and about our text messaging and actually what we did is we introduced that into the airline so we got every now it's 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 kind of old uh, technology now but we used to get everybody who flew with us to give us their email their, their mobile number so if there's a delay we text them automatically um so it's reason i'm saying that is you're picking an idea that happens in a totally different industry in a totally different sphere and you say can i or how can i use that here um the second thing you do is you'd say like now look at entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs are they're they're innovative people. So uh, the most successful entrepreneurs I have come across, what they look at is they'll say, "Where is the problem? Where is the greatest problem here? And what resources do I have to actually solve that problem?" So they use your term, their pivot. They pivot. They use existing resources to actually create something different that solves a problem here and now and it could be could be any kind of a problem could be any kind of a problem a number of years ago you might remember we uh ran out of road salt one one winter and and we had ice all over the place people couldn't move and um i knew a trader in miami actually and i contacted him and i said can you can you get me the road salt i cannot get it in this country so i imported something like twenty thousand ton of road salt and i passed it on to the government and the nra and that's what you use. Use whatever context resources you have to try and solve a different problem. Uh, like uh, Mr. Grealish from Spidja. Uh, and, and fantastic. He's got, a, he's got a great product, Yvonne. Uh, I hope he goes back to it. Uh, it's called Puchin. And uh, I wish him every success, every success with it. But it's basically that. It's actually looking at the problem and saying, what resources? Can I get, do I have, this one to help solve it? I wanted to ask you one final question uh, before before we go. Uh, the theme of this episode is upskilling. And uh, now that we all have time and probably a little bit more time than we, than we would like to have right now. And I'm wondering about your advice on that for anyone who has that kind of time, unfortunately, at the moment and is thinking uh, maybe they want to future-proof their business or maybe they just want to future-proof and improve themselves um, with this time. Yeah. Uh... Continuous learning is critical at all times, particularly now if you've got a bit of downtime. And we've got the facility now where we've got the internet. Most people have got broadband and so on. So you can actually, you don't have to go to a shop to buy a book or to do a course. There's so many fantastic courses uh, on online. I came across one there recently. Uh, it's Masterclass. It's American organization. Uh, you've got a great entrepreneur in Trillian Kerry, uh, Jim Breen, who's got a company called Pulse Learning. And Jim has actually turned the learning around there so actually you can now link in to jim's website pulse learning i think dot com uh whereby you can get uh mental health classes for example and as far as i know they're free of charge at the moment during this uh covet 19 pandemic so if you're leading your business if you're working in a business say to yourself how can i maximize my time during this downtime as it were in order to grow and develop myself as a person, both professionally and personally. Mm. And um, you'll be the better of it. 
And you mentioned mental health there and Jim Breen, uh, Pork. Um, and this really is the final question. I know I said the last okay. one was. Um, I'm, I'm curious about your advice on separating oneself um, from their business at this time because I mean you know some some businesses won't be around in 12 months and uh you you used the word uh failure there earlier to say that you know you felt you were a failure at that time I'd imagine a lot of people will be feeling like that um how do you separate yourself and your self-worth from the business so that if one goes under the other doesn't follow yeah it's like it's like two circles uh going back to the days when people are doing junior cert or even cert maths and, and the two circles interact, but they're separate also, there's a separate parts. So you have one circle and another circle. And one of those circles is you and the other one is the business and the overlap is between you and the business. But you are not your business. You are a separate entity to your business. First question I would ask, suggest people ask, what is the purpose of your business? What is your purpose as an individual and purpose changes? And there's much more purpose to your life than there is purely to a business because you can start another business. You can start another business if you want to. So you actually start clearing up that distinction. And you, unfortunately, Yvonne, I, I've seen people who have harmed themselves, done self-harm, because they were unable to separate themselves from their business. They were too aligned to their business. They were too married to their business was their baby and it meant everything to them no you are separate to your business that's probably the single most important i suppose point i would love people to take away with them from listening to this conversation today that you are separate to your business clearly set out your own purpose and the purpose of the business Okay, well, thank you so much, Pork. Um, really timely and, and so relevant uh, right now, that advice at the moment. Um, and thank you for being with us this morning. And uh, look, good luck weathering the storm um, up there in Connemara while the rest of us weather it all over the country. And as you say, we're all going to get through it. It's just a matter of waiting it out. We will, Yvonne. Goramilamahagat. Salon before. Salon Pork. And if you'd like to hear more from Porik, he's partnered with Ismay and Griffith College to offer free online training courses for businesses during the COVID crisis. Now that's it from us for this week. Thanks for being with us and thanks to AIB, of course, for backing the programme. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And we'll be back here next week, same time, same place. See you then. Joe presents All In, together with AIB, backing Irish business.